1: <laughs> wow, we are on key. <laughs> I'm choking.
2: Yeah, wait. Can you, uh, You're in the camera right now. I find your
1: lack of faith disturbing. That
2: was a pretty good impression. <laughs> <laughs> That's my James Earl Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. How are you doing today? Uh, you are listening slash watching the Command Zone podcast. I'm your host,
1: Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. <laughs> that actually turned into Sean Connery. How's it? It's How's Josh, it? Josh Lee Kwai. The mother of runes. <laughs> 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 it's been a while. You
2: know what my question was is how did Darth Vader talk while simultaneously... <laughs> at the same time you would think be like let me tell you hold on let me catch my breath first
1: <laughs>
2: it's true i never uh, thought about it maybe it's just an, a, a different you know what it's a star wars thing people have already explained it to death yes um
1: Today, uh, I totally got lost. What are we doing?
2: <laughs> we are talking about well, that, we thought about Star Wars because of the word saga, and yes. sagas are something that are are a cool new card idea thing thingamabobber in card dom- type, right? Card new card type, car type. Yeah, yeah, in Dominaria, which is a brand new set coming out very soon. People are very excited for good reason. It's a legend based set, which means commander players should get very stoked as well. Also means Ooh. we're gonna be talking about a lot of
1: cards. I'm looking at this list. This is like an old school Yeah. This is like one of our old school set reviews where you remember how we used to like talk about like every card or almost every wanna, card? I don't want to talk about okay. it. Okay. All right. Well you're going to. Four <laughs> pages of cards. It's gonna
2: be a long one, so strap in. And before we get going, this show is brought to you by cardking.com slash command zone. We're talking about a lot of cards today. Guess where you can pre-order them slash buy boxes of Dominaria. This set looks like it's going to be really fun to draft as well as just crack packs of. Each pack has a guaranteed legendary card in it, which
1: is kind of neat. Also, um, uh, the Buy a Box promo for mm-hmm. this set comes with a legendary creature. And that's the only way to get it. You can't open it in a pack. You can only get it through the Buy a Box promo. So if you want that card, it's yeah. called uh, Fire Song and Sunspeaker. Yeah, you can get that single probably at CardKingdom.com slash Command Zone. Use that affiliate link. We love you. Bye. Uh, some other people we love or is everybody over at ultra pro you know ultra pro recently came out with the 100 packs of eclipse sleeves you guys your voices out there were all heard ultra pro was listening and they were like yeah 80 packs are really inconvenient for commander players but 100 packs are perfect yes. So they came out with a bunch of those um which is awesome because Eclipse sleeves are the best. They seriously are. Yeah.
2: Uh, so please, please, please check Ultra Pro out next time you're at your LGS. The final way to support the show is directly through Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash command zone. We have a lot of awesome prizes there, which means uh, you can actually sign up and get merchandise for free if you're long enough patron. We also do a special thing where we call out one lucky patron every single episode. And this week's episode is dedicated to... <laughs>
1: christian olafur
2: i think there are like five umlauts in his name so it's olafur i'm not real great with the scandinavian names
1: but yeah, it's yeah. pretty pretty cool The christian i'm all about that name that's pretty pretty sweet so i'm in uh, iceland a couple years ago and something happened with our rental car and i'm talking to the guy at the counter about it and <laughs> at the end he was very helpful so i was like what's your name uh because i was gonna write and be like this yeah. guy was really helpful and he's like oh you probably won't be able to say it eh. and i was like Okay, well, try it. Try me. And he's like, it's Horador. And I was like, oh, that's no problem. Horador. And he's like, no, Horador. And I'm like, Horador. And nope, Horador. <laughs> and I'm like, I feel like I'm saying what you're saying. <laughs> Eventually, I was like, okay, just write it down for me. And oh, that's great. That's <laughs> All right, amazing. Cool story. On to the set review for Dominaria. Um, okay, let's just jump right in because we got a lot to talk about. So we always start with the new mechanics. Mm-hmm. We referred to, this isn't exactly a new mechanic. It's, well, Sagas yeah, are technically new... an enchantment, right? Yeah, yeah. So sagas are sorry, I said new card type earlier. It's not actually new card type. So if it's in your graveyard, it doesn't count as its own card type for like emerkel or whatever, right. right? It's an enchantment. But there are new card subtype. Yeah, okay, there you go. Subtype. I was looking for the word. So it's an enchantment. Um I like how you put this. It's it has three chapters. I believe that's what they uh that's what how they describe it as well. Okay, so it comes in and it's gonna go through three phases. And so when it hits the battlefield, it's going to activate the first phase. And then after your draw step, it's going to go to the second phase. And then your next draw step, it'll go to the third phase. So it's kind of like a lot of people have compared them to like Planeswalkers. Mm-hmm. How like a Planeswalker play pattern very often is like plus it, plus it, ultimate. Right. You know, so a saga is kind of automated. You don't have choices. Yeah. And it happens
2: after your draw step. They're called lore counters. And all of the sagas we've seen so far have one, two, and three on them written in Roman numerals. I kind of liken it to the crank mechanic in, un, in Unstable. Yeah, that's actually a really um, good point. I never thought of that. Because, Well, except in this case, it, something happens every single time. Some of the sagas have things that happen first and second. The exact same thing happens. Sometimes it's different for all three. But, yeah, the third one is usually like the big whammy of the three. It's usually tied to the other ones. We'll be talking about pretty much all of them on the show today uh but yeah very exciting and after three lore counters it's sacrificed what's interesting is if you remove a lore counter it doesn't trigger the prior the prior uh chapter it's only when you add one it's only when you add one but you can take them off and then re-trigger certain chapters oh
1: so if you took it off and the next turn it would go to the next one and maybe
2: re-trigger yeah that's interesting so you can take all three off and have it start back at one you can take one off and have it go back to two you know so
1: there's some possibility of manipulating the counters yes absolutely Uh, the next sort of new mechanic—it's not really a mechanic, but they've kind of created a new keyword. It's historic, and historic means artifacts, legendary, and saga cards. So, if a card refers to historic, that's what it's referring to. Any card that's an artifact, a legend, or a saga.
2: Yeah, and oftentimes they'll say if you cast historic cards, so a legendary land like Gaia's Cradle, or uh, and it won't actually affect it. It you're won't not, trigger because you not yeah, casting, you're not casting gotcha. it. Gotcha. You know? Um, and then finally, not again, not a new mechanic, but a new thing is now that now that we have so many legendary creatures, there are legendary sorceries. So these sorceries are a card type of a legendary is a, is a an added thing onto it, and you can only cast them if you control a legendary creature or a planeswalker. Um, and all of the legendary cards in this set, as you'll see if you're watching the video, have a cool new frame at the top that kind of looks like a crown slash. I don't know how you describe it. It's got. It's got know, it's like got a, some flair. It's got some flair, yeah. So you'd yeah. be very easily
1: identifiable um, whether it's legendary, whether it's or, legendary not. or not. Yeah. yeah, I the legendary sorceries the flare the flavor is really cool because you have to have a character in play on your side that could cast that spell, right? Yeah, you need a totally. legendary creature or a planeswalker. That's kind of where that comes from. Um, there are a couple of returning mechanics. So kicker is back. Kicker is a mechanic where you can pay an additional cost in addition to the cost that's in the. T- top right uh, corner of the card so in addition to the regular CMC and then you'll usually get like an additional effect Um, like creature might come in with plus one plus one counters or something like that might create Mm -hmm. tokens if you
2: kick it I'm pretty sure I didn't actually include any of the kicker cards in the set review because for the most part they're, I think, more for limited. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. in
1: this set, there weren't any that like blew me away. That were like, hey, this is good in Commander. Yeah. <laughs> Kicker cards in general don't see a ton of playing Commander. There are
2: some. Yeah. Um, and finally, Hexproof from is an addition to Hexproof. So now you can be Hexproof from black, which means you can't be targeted. By spells that have black, that are black
1: spells, so it's an it's an addition to hexproof. Do you think they're trying to sort of clean up protection from because protection is really hard to understand? Protection
2: is very hard to understand. Hexproof from I think so, maybe, uh, but protection still you know they do protection from creatures. Maybe they're trying to get rid of protection from colors because I well, think that's a little
1: yeah. So I mean like protection from white is hexproof from white, but yeah. also like can't be, can't blocked, be damaged, by white, blocked by white. by, but yeah. you can be like wrath, but not damaged. It, yeah, it, it, maybe I think they're trying to like clean up that rule a little bit. Yeah. Still have it exist, but not in the same way it did. That's just a guess. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, we always begin with the new legendary creatures, which for this set, usually there's like five. Yeah, this set, there's... I mean, there, it feels like there's close to We can't to even talk about all of them. Yeah. There's so many. So we're sorry. Some of the uncommons and commons we may skip over. Um, I don't ju- think there are any common legendaries, but I think the, yeah, oh there aren't. Yeah. Okay. But um, we will definitely, unfortunately, have to miss a few of them. There's just too many, and a lot of them, you know... Let's be honest. Like you're probably not going to use them as your commander. Yeah. Um. Oh, some of these may be brawl commanders. I don't know. Should Should we even talk about things in the? I'd say if it's a good brawl commander, we'll be like,
2: this might be good for brawl. But then we'll move past it. As in, the format hasn't been really discovered yet. I don't think we can
1: add that much by talking too much about it. All right. Let's begin with Adelise, the Cinderwind. The Cinderwind. Is that how you say it? I guess so. It is
2: Cinder is a regular English word <laughs> and wind. No, I meant Adelise. <laughs> Yeah, sure. <laughs> how you say cinder? Yeah, that's how you say cinder. You Some people say kinder, but that's like the eggs, and so you can really get that confused. Uh, Adele, Adelez? Oh, either way,
1: we can't get too tied Italy's. up on it. Adelez. <laughs> Liz, the cinder wind. Okay, there we go. costs Liz. one blue-red for a legendary creature, human wizard. It's a 2-2 flyer with haste. Three mana 2-2 flyer with haste, not bad. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, wizards you control get plus one, plus one until end of turn. Neat. Um Yeah. I mean there's a lot of wizards and the wizards is a sub theme in this set and we know we can use all the tribal cards from before. So sure. Probably more of a brawl commander. <laughs>
2: <laughs> or in the deck if you have a lot of, like a lot of wizard synergy. There was a card back uh I forget it was like the newer um it was in Eldritch Moon, it made wizards. Right. It was it's, uh, um it's like the new Delver, Essence. Uh, of Perfection. Dosen of Perfection, yeah. yeah. So, this is a card that would work in a deck like that. Probably not as your commander, though.
1: Also, could you just go
2: in the Anala deck, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Um, Ariel. That, I think that's how you pronounce it. Not like the princess.
0: Ah, ah.
2: That's it, that's as far as I've gone. Knight of Windgrace. Uh, she's not kissing no boys, she's riding a, a, a sweet. Panther. she's riding a panther a panther she yeah. looks awesome she looks awesome <laughs> much more badass than ariel that just wanted feet sorry to a black and a white legendary creature human knight it's a 4 4 with vigilance you can pay 2 and a white to tap her and create a 2 2 white knight creature token with vigilance and you can pay black to tap x untapped knights you control destroy target creature with power x or less uh this card i think is moderately powerful the fact that you have to tap on both sides of her abilities makes this far worse and that you're tapping creatures to do so the synergy is saying "Oh, your, your knights can attack with vigilance and then you can tap them for additional value later
1: white has a few like untap type effects but really you want to be in blue and or green to yeah. take advantage of like then i think it would be a lot more powerful because you could untap it and do it a couple times yeah eh, it seems fine seems like a brawl commander <laughs> <laughs> all right the next one is baird steward of Arg argive yeah that's definitely how you pronounce it um this guy looks cool, too. Man, the art in this the set art in this is set out of is awesome. control. You Plus, better be watching the video. the cool flair around the card, it, it totally changes the look of the card. It looks sweet. Yeah. All right, two white, white, bared, steward of Argive again. is a legendary human soldier, 2-4, has vigilance. Creatures can't attack you or a planeswalker you control unless their controller pays one for each of those creatures, so he's, like, half a propaganda. Yeah. But also says can't attack planeswalkers you control, which propaganda and ghost... ghost Ghostly prison, do not say. Yeah,
2: uh, you know, if you need more of this effect, go for it. He is a monocolored legendary creature, though, so I don't think you're making this a commander anytime soon. A mono white deck? <laughs> nope, nope,
1: nope. Nope, nope. not It's even a brawl commander. <laughs> I was going to say, not even good for brawl, but sure. Actually, I think it might be good for brawl because creatures do rule that format. Because There is not a lot of uh, board wipes, true, and creatures true. are just really good in standard in general. So, um, now another art that just freaking blows me away is Danitha or
2: Danitha Capuchin Paragon two and a white for a legendary creature, human knight, for a two two with first strike, vigilance, and lifelink. Whew, it's an uncommon this thing is gonna beat people down in limited. Yeah, aura and equipment spells you cast cost one less to cast.
1: So it's a great, good.
2: yeah, very good utility creature. Um, obviously, if you're running a deck that cares, like a SRAM deck would yeah, be first like, thing I thought sweet of. with this card. Um, but yeah, really awesome art, great card, uh, but not a commander. Maybe good for Brawl. Actually, not good for Brawl. There's not enough equipment,
1: I think, and stuff in in standard to really... Probably not. And you really want those, you know, for like SRAM or something, you want those low-cost equipment. Yeah. Um Although, this makes them cost less, so maybe it would make something that normally is bad good. I don't know.
2: I mean, Somewhat better is how I describe make it, it. somewhat better. All yeah. right.
1: The next one is Darigaz Reincarnated. Now we have a commander. And it, it costs, like, a real amount. It's four <laughs> generic plus black, red, and green. So it's seven mana. Jundam out. For a legendary creature, Dragon, 7-7, seven, seven, with Flying, Trample, and Haste. 7-7 mm. seven, seven is, you know... It's like the Elder Dragons. So. It's
2: one-third of lethal yeah, for of commander of lethal damage. for <laughs> commander damage,
1: yeah. Uh, no commander damage in Brawl, however, so it's oh, not yeah. a Brawl commander. Not a brawl. <laughs> <laughs> so not good <laughs> for Brawl. If Darigaz Reincarnated would die, instead exile it with three egg counters on it. At the beginning of your upkeep, if Darigaz is exiled with an egg counter on it, you remove an egg counter, and then if there are no egg counters then you return it to the battlefield. So you kind of suspend three when it dies, right? Yeah, which is kind of neat.
2: Um, For a seven-drop commander, I could see it being kind of fun in a Jun deck. I don't know if I would play this as a commander. It's pretty simple outside of its reincarnation ability. Although
1: from what I've seen of the form... yeah, yeah. But for Brawl? For Brawl, from what I've seen, it would actually be pretty powerful because there's... A 7-7 flyers are legit in that format. Yeah, that thing is... And With it's got haste, haste and trample? That's the big thing. Is It will haste. actually end game, so... Yeah. And you want to be in more colors. As far as for commander, yeah. You know, it actually does act like a suspend card because when they come to the battlefield, they have haste, yeah. technically, because you, you... Yeah. Oh, so. that's true. That's probably why they gave it haste. Um, Yeah, interesting. Well, the first time you cast this, too, is just, whew, someone's taking seven. It's it's okay. I mean, in commander, it, I don't think it's very good at all. And I mean, why would you ever run this over, like, Prosh? like ever
2: <laughs> you know what i mean it doesn't do anything josh the children's dreams we must keep them alive okay demon lord bells he this guy's not interested in keeping any dreams alive actually this guy's probably the dreamiest out of all of them uh he's four black black three he's got six back abs he's an elder demon if you're out eld- he's got like i don't know what's going on with his doors. he's got some obliques he's yeah these obliques he works out the obliques he works out a lot this guy is shredded body goals for black black for a six six flying trample he's an elder demon i don't know if you've seen many of those elder
1: another edh elder demon yeah elder Elder dinosaur highlander (laughs) elder dragon highlander they don't make elders of other they probably have And someone's gonna yell at me we have a new game that's episode coming out
2: (laughs) now uh this may be one of the demons that i think liliana has pledged yeah it seems like it um now this card is sweet i think when demon lord bells unlock enters the battlefield exile cards from the top of your library until you exile a non-land card then put that card into your hand. If the card's converted mana cost is four or greater, repeat this process. Uh, and it deals one damage to you for each card put into your hand this
1: way. You could build your entire deck to be drawn when you play this card. You probably don't want to do that. But you, you can have a very high CMC deck Yeah, in general. I mean, you still want some two drops and stuff, right? Yeah, For a six drop commander, why well, would you ever want to ramp <laughs> nah, him out? Nah. Just play Cabal Coffers and stuff.
2: Well, I mean, it's cool because, I mean, you you cast a six, six, pay six mana. If it comes with draw
1: three on it. You're always going to get two. one card.
2: You're always going to get one card, right. Yeah.
1: And then, yeah. And you can always scroll rack Sensei's Divining Top, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. to just guarantee that you're going to get a couple or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I like it. Yeah. It's an interesting card. Uh, uh, probably not so good for Brawl. So the next one is the promo that's only available um, when you – it's the Buy a Box promo, which I'd be interested to hear what listeners and watchers out there think about this because I don't think they've done this before, right, where they're releasing a card that's only available as a Buy a Box promo and it's not available – I don't know, actually. Usually, their buy box
2: promos were. I remember, like Goblin War Leader. Yeah. One of the Goblin War, whatever, it was like it's just a foil alternate art version. So it's nothing like, oh wow, if you don't have this, then you're you know you're out of luck. But in this case, I'll be interested to see if the stock is really affected. How many there are in the marketplace?
1: I think fortunately, it's for, fortunately. I guess it's fortunate that it's not like super good. Yeah. Because I think if they made a card that was like really good, or was God forbid standard playable is good <laughs> then the price would be astronomical so they're yeah. gonna have to be real careful when they do this this card is just fine so it's four red white it's boros for a four six legendary creature minotaur cleric it says red instant and sorcery spells you cat or sorry you control have lifelink just red ones not white ones whenever a white instant or sorcery spell causes you to gain life fire song and Sunspeaker deals three damage to target creature or player so your red instants and sorceries, life link. Your whites, if they gain you life, also lightning, lightning bolt, bolt stuff. Yeah, you get kind of a free lightning bolt if you cast a life gain instant or sorcery, which you're not going to because those spells are bad. Yeah, I mean, but in this deck, they're better. Yeah, but I still don't think you would want to run like a bunch. Of, maybe like congregate a couple. But what are you going to do? Like a bunch of like healing solves and stuff. I don't know. It turns just so like oh, I can get a lightning bolt, which is not bolt? even a good. Yeah, I mean,
2: I remember actually. Andy kind of made this card in our commander summit. He was talking about how this, you know, he's like oh, you forgive your cards life link because we were talking about. Um, oh yeah. the, the, uh, uh, the what's uh, the white one with the. Has a red and blue activated cost. She's doing this in the art. It's like Jeskai. Either way, it's it's an interesting take on how you could sort of expand what a Boros commander could do, but it's still not drawing you cards, and it's not giving you any ramp. So it still is a very difficult sell for me to think it's going to be a good commander. On
1: Twitter, a lot of people got excited about this card, and (laughs) I hate to dash their hopes, but this does not change the paradigm for Boros in any way. It doesn't give them a tool that they haven't had before. Yeah. They've had life gain before. They've had direct damage before. They need card draw and ramp. That's what will make them viable in a multiplayer format. Yeah. yeah. Even if it's impulsive draw, even if it's
2: exiling off the top of your library, anything is yeah. better than... Yeah, just kind of light- getting like extra
1: lightning healers because it's not enough.
2: Yeah. All right, this next one's interesting. Evra, or Evra, Halcyon Witness, 4-White-White for a legendary creature, Avatar. She is a 4-4. Oh,
1: yeah, this one is interesting.
2: With lifelink and you can pay four mana and exchange your life total with Evra Halcyon Witness's power. Now you're thinking, she's a 4-4. Why would I ever want to do that? Well. Well, let's say you get to swing with Evra Halcyon Witness. (laughs) Somebody's got no blockers, or maybe you have like a,
1: you know, whisper silk
2: cloak. Cloak. You have some kind of protection on her. Maybe you give her haste. You switch your life total with hers. All of a sudden, she's a 44. Let's say you haven't taken any damage. With lifelink, you hit someone with her. She's got lifelink. Your life goes back up. To forty four because you gained forty when she hit someone for forty, and she might just single handedly kill someone. So, by the
1: way, commander damage. Yeah, commander <laughs> doesn't damage. matter.
2: You're hitting them for forty; they're dead anyway. But yeah. okay. But you do get the life link back. That's the idea. But you put yourself in a ridiculously dangerous position by essentially putting your life total down to four and hoping that you're going to get an attack step through. Now, here's the thing: this could just get someone out of nowhere. But she's a six drop. I think most people see it coming. It requires four man to use her ability. So, And she's in mono white, so you don't have the
1: ability really to give her haste yeah. that much.
2: You could... She's in the deck. She's not a commander.
1: Yeah, because I think if people see it as your commander, once oh. you have six mana available, they're just always going to be ready yeah. for that particular little gambit.
2: Yeah, or seven mana because you need if slip she's... foot boots
1: or something. Yeah, but if she's in your deck, I mean... Yeah, if you just have Lightning Greaves on the table, my first thought's not going to be like, oh, he's going to cast Everett and hit me and for f- 40. <laughs> so, you know, you could probably get people that way. Yeah. Um it's, I mean, it's cool. I like this card a lot, actually. Then it's a 44, and you are at 44 life, Yeah, right? And the next time it hits, you're at 84 life. And then you can switch your life and give it 84 power. Yeah. And then be at, you know, 128 <laughs> life and then switch it. If you gave this thing double strike, oh. <laughs> and then just start switching life totals.
2: Uh, okay, we're in real dreamland now. But yeah, e- yeah Ever's cool. Uh, this is really an interesting card design. Uh, I've never seen anything like it, uh, but it's cool. It's a high-risk, high-reward sort of situation. There's
1: tons of cards in Magic's history that if they just hit somebody, you know, Sire of Insanity type stuff, Right. it's really bad. And the thing you learn the more you play is that those cards rarely hit anybody.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, people, yeah.
1: They're They'll do everything to not to get not, hit by it. Yeah, just yeah. not die on the spot. All right. So the next one is Garna, the Bloodflame. Oh, man. So, yeah. These cards look so cool and its two colors, with the new frames. It's so sweet. Um, okay. Three black, red, five mana total for a 3-3 legendary creature. Human warrior has flash. You know, I like this. When Garna enters the battlefield, return to your hand all creature cards in your graveyard that were put there from anywhere this turn. Mm. From anywhere. Mm-hmm. And other creatures you control have haste. Wow. So you return to your hand creature cards from your graveyard that were put there from anywhere. And if you cast them, if you could cast them somehow, you can give them haste. Yeah. It doesn't give Garna haste, though. But it's you, flash other step, yeah, right? you flash yeah. her an end step, Yeah, you flash her an end step. The put there from anywhere part... That's insane. Yeah, it can be from exile,
2: it can dredge. be from the top of your library. Yeah.
1: It's a way to draw a self-mill. ton of
2: cards without having to
1: actually pay that much. It's not hard to like dredge 6 in a turn some, you know, and then just get like, you know, five creatures went there from your library that yeah. turn or self-mill. Yeah, this this one has potential as far as a value commander.
2: Yeah, it has a lot of potential also, I think, as a brawl commander, This is an uncommon. This is just going to get people unlimited.
1: I mean, it's harder and
2: limited to sort of cheat cards into your graveyard. You could, you'll probably get one card back with it. But even if it's like, hey, let's trade off creatures, boom, Garn, get my
1: card back. You know, it's like, oh, whoops. It's <laughs>
2: true. So, you can
1: flash it in and eat something too, so all those yeah. five mana.
2: Yeah, it's got potential, you know. We love potential. Now, this one also has a lot of potential. Really interesting card. Grand Warlord Radha. Two, a red, and a green for a 3-4 legendary creature elf warrior. She looks like she is about to mess you up. She
1: already messed that dude up. Yeah,
2: she has haste. Whenever one or more creatures you control attack, add that much mana in any combination of red and or green until end of turn. You
1: don't lose this mana as steps and phases end. So for each creature that attacks, you get a red and or a green. Yeah. Wait. Oh, man. That's really you good. You can go
2: infinite with the, uh, um, the attack one. The, like the one that, attack yeah, extra tax, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, aggravated assault, aggravated assault, yeah. So there's a few other ways to sort of. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's that one dragon that added a bunch of mana as well, but this in this Savage case, yeah, in this case this is just a four drop with haste. She's gonna give you a mana back if you play her from your hand if you attack with her, and you know you could make a token deck out of this and really get out of control. I think in your second main phase,
1: anything that just adds a ton of mana, is a real card. Yeah, like that. You can win with just cards that just like. It adds a ton of mana.
2: Yeah, not to mention this happens as soon as they attack. Yeah. So you don't actually have to wait. It's not like given to you in your second main phase. You can do it within the combat set before damage happens. You know, you can do it when blockers are declared. You can use that mana up. So lots of different tricky things you could do with Grand Warlord. This actually I think can make a really good Brawl Commander.
1: <laughs> yes, I do. I do. Right? You just turn <laughs> them sideways. What are they gonna do? It's true. And there's a lot of creatures in that format, and they're hard to it's hard to board wipe, so. Yeah. Uh, okay. The next one is Halar, the Fire Fletcher. Fire Fletcher. Makes fire arrows. Okay. (laughs) One red green for a 3-3 legendary creature, of course. Elf Archer has trample. Three mana, 3-3 trample. Whenever you cast a spell, if that spell was kicked, put a 1-1 counter on Halar, then Halar deals damage equal to the number of 1-1 counters on it to each opponent. So that second part... Yeah, that second part is... Ridiculous. And, And also... So if you put a one-one counter on Halar through not kicker, you don't get the damage part, right. right? So, but you could still do that. You could still put a bunch of counters on Halar with some card that just says put you know x one-one counters on it, and then kick a spell. And yeah. at that point, it'll count all the one-one counters from before. It now, doesn't.
2: Now the question is: is can you? Does it also read whenever you cast a spell, Halar deals damage with a number of plus and plus counters on each opponent? Because it's if the spell was kicked, you put yeah. a plus and plus and counter on it. So and you still- then. Yeah, Hilar. Then, yeah so i
1: think the spell has to be kicked for halar
2: to deal the damage yeah um, pretty insane um, but if you're able to add a ton plus of plus and plus counters, which green is uh likely to do yeah i could see a deck where just like boom boom 40 damage everybody yeah right you find you doubling season it up you you just find a way to sack the counters on her and then you just have to
1: kick one spell yeah exactly so the the deck probably has like only 10 spells with kicker on it in the whole deck you're just looking to sort of you know Right, Go Supernova one time. We should have done the Beastie Boys kick it. down <laughs>
2: For this, even though Kicker is the... I guess this is the only card we're going to talk about today. It actually has Kicker, I think. So <laughs> There you go. It doesn't even have Kicker. It just talks about it. It just talks about Kicker, yeah. <laughs> All right, next up, Joyra Weatherlight Captain. This one's two, sweet. Uh, yeah, this one's sweet. Two blue and a red for a 3-3 legendary creature, Human Artificer. Whenever you cast a Historic Spell, draw a card. Again, Historic Spells are
1: artifacts, legendaries, and sagas. So... <laughs> You know, people were really upset a few years back when they did the um, partner commanders or whatever, and they didn't give uh, Blue Red a artifact commander. Yes. This is an
2: artifact commander. You found it right here. It's not just an artifact commander. It's a legendary commander and a very specifically a saga commander. But you could
1: just build an artifact deck, not have any sagas and, you know, not really any legendaries if you didn't feel like it. Yeah. And still make the artifact version of your blue red artifact deck you just have Joyra be the the captain of it joira is the captain you said yes the captain oh captain my captain Uh,
2: joira is very powerful not to mention you just add a couple of artifact reducing cost cards and you're probably able to string together some huge runs with this kind of card this is the play with my my side of the board and then try and kill you kind of deck
1: yeah i mean it's like play one or zero or you know get those mana reducers and just string together like play this draw a card play that draw a card play Mm -hmm. that draw a card what's that
2: zero drop or bone shredder or whatever like that really bad equipment like you're gonna play cards like that just because it's a a cantrip on it you know it's it's maybe the new mox yeah 100 percent.
1: we'll talk about that later yeah all right well i'll let you talk about this one sure you can spoil that you uh... You know, why oh, yeah, Why I'm letting yeah. you do it. Yeah. So, this
2: card we've already known about, uh, but it's Joda, Archmage Eternal or Archmage. It's one and Jeskai, so blue, red, and white, for a 4 3 legendary creature, human wizard with flying. And Joda says, you may pay white, blue, black, red, green, rather than pay the mana cost for spells that you cast. So, basically, anything that you cast, it could be a one drop, a two drop, all the way up to an 11 drop. You can pay Woodburg instead. Three, ooh, maybe, even, maybe even 16, <laughs> if those cards exist. Uh, you can pay five mana instead. It has to be Wooburg specifically. Wooberg, yeah. So Progenitus coming out for five. Uh, Emrakul. Emrakul, the legal one. Um, Kozilek. So, yeah. This card seems very powerful for a good reason. Um, it allows you to play a
1: Wooburg deck, and this is actually the the deck that I played on game nights. Or will we'll play. Will play Yeah, on game nights. So I played uh, Muldrotha, or I'm playing Muldrotha, and this is going to be Jimmy's deck in that. We won't give away anything else, but It's sweet. Yeah,
2: and mana reduction, as we always say, cheating a mana cost is very powerful. One, so Probably the single most powerful
1: thing you can do in Magic. Yep. Also, it allows you to pay, play a five-color deck. And mm-hmm. honestly, most of the Wooburg commanders are not that great. You know, I use Chromat as my commander of my Hidden yeah. Nekusar deck because there's just not, like, great options. Chal of Alara kind of generically powerful, but...
2: It's hard to build around, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Child of Lara destroy all permanents. Like, how are you going to build a deck around that unless you just want to wipe the board constantly?
1: Yeah, I mean, you can do the make my stuff indestructible type of thing, and yeah, and yeah. but Joda is sort of, I think, even more generic. Where you could build those Wooburg decks people want to build that are really a built around some uh, an enchantment or a mechanic or whatever, and right. Joda can kind of be, you know, the glue that holds that together and allows you to play five colors, and also does matter for the deck because yeah, anything that costs you know more than five, you're getting a discount on sometimes even, huge discount
2: yeah even at its face if you just play them as a nine man to play any card in my deck out of my hand, right because you could have a bunch of 13 12 drops or whatever even just nine man to cast them for the first time and then pay uberg that might
1: also be worth it at some points you just uberg one time for omniscience you're good yes there you go that's <laughs> we found the combo i lied there is one card with kicker on it josh take it away oh uh, it's <laughs> there might be more i don't think it would. okay it's <laughs> Josu Josu vess is this like lily on his brother or something oh maybe isn't Liliana Vess? vest i mean he is a zombie so maybe maybe she oh didn't she oh yeah we know that story about her brother didn't she her wait is her this brother her brother like, sick and then she like now he became this guy this is like the one vorthos story i know because i, I don't know why dang okay. Talking about the glow up so josue vess lich knight if it's him two black black for a four or five legendary creature zombie knight has kicker five and a black. So you may pay an additional five and a black as you cast this spell. 10 mana total if you decide to kick this card. It has menace, four or five menace. When uh, Josu enters the battlefield, if it was kicked, create eight. Create eight. That's the number after seven. Two, two <laughs> black zombie knight creature tokens with menace. So if you kick it, you get a four or five with menace and eight, two, two zombies, zombie knights. With menace. So for 10 mm. mana, you get. Twenty power worth of
2: creatures, which is actually very good. Um, this is definitely a way to swing the entire board state in your favor in a in a jiffy.
1: There's zombies too, so that can matter. Yes, it can definitely matter. Um, yeah, sure. I sure, don't know. Yeah. It's probably a brawl
2: commander. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's it, I could see this in the big man, of black zombie deck. You know, sure. And, and, I just and, and think there's it, better zombie commanders, even in mono black, for sure. I mean, you maybe would play this in the scarab god deck or something. You know, uh, but you can't kick
1: it. Uh,
2: I mean, well, when you do kick it, then you're scrying for eight and draining everyone for. Oh, eight, that's, a, know, good or nine that's a good point. nine. That's a good point. But you can't well. if you
1: do the embalm or eternalize thing. You don't get the yeah. You you only get Josu. Yeah.
2: So you know, maybe it's just good for bro, uh, bro. You know.
1: I mean it could be in a deck I just don't think it's a it you're building a deck around Josu probably. No.
2: Um here's another perhaps a brawl commander who knows Lyra or Lyra Dawnbringer. Let's just take a look at this art for a second. The Anytime right. they add like that effect the mosaic sort of
1: like, the, um, the
2: the stained glass window effect. You're right, that's what it
1: is. Oh. It reminds me of that there's that shot we use as our animated background I forget what card it is it's from Return oh of everyone loves it yeah it's one white black it's like looking wings down of Ordova yeah, it's, yeah that's gift, of gift of Ordova gift yeah, of and people
2: yeah. consider that one of the greatest arts in magic's history that's what all this reminds me of it's yeah. so sweet it's awesome yeah. three white white legendary creature angel five five flying first, drink, first strike and lifelink so
1: <laughs> a five mana five five flying first strike lifelink to your lord
2: yeah and other angels you control get plus one plus one and have lifelink so she's an angel lord yeah um and she says you are not alone. You never were, which is very comforting to me just in general. So thank you, Lair. So thank you, Lair.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Maybe Angel Tribal. I don't know who's the Angel Tribal. Commander
2: you could put this right in like Sagarda, you know, maybe if you wanted to do that. Um and then you'd put other cards like uh I don't know, just any other you know, you do the Archangel of Thune dot deck, you know. Sure. Okay. So there you
1: go. Uh, there you go. All right. The next one is Marwin the Nurturer. This is a Josh Luquet card. It's two and a green for a 1-1 Elf Druid. It's already a Josh Lee card. (laughs) Doesn't attack it. Everyone's like, wait, what? (laughs) Whenever another elf enters the battlefield under your control, put a 1-1 counter on Marwyn. Might attack. And then you can tap and add an amount of green equal to Marwyn's power. Hey. Midwife
2: to mothers and leader to all. Seems good. Yeah, seems good. You know, you can even put equipment
1: on her and just all of a sudden she's tapping for a bunch of mana, so... Yep. Sword of Feast and Famine, think about how much mana you have available, that just makes me happy.
2: Yeah, so obviously a pretty cool card. Um, art, again, out of control.
1: I think there are probably better elf commanders, though, so it's probably in the 99.
2: Yeah, I, I actually, I would say out of all the cards we're talking about today, maybe two or three of them are good for the commanders. We're about to talk about another one here, and the rest are in the 99.
1: Yeah. Um, okay. That's well, how it usually goes. This one's good as a commander. It's going to be one of... It's maybe not be... tier one, but it's going to be very, very good.
2: You will grow to hate this card.
1: Uh, I, I agree. This will be the most popular, I bet, from this set. Um, it's, it's that
2: or a Jota, I think. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It is uh, our preview card, Moldrotha, the Gravetide. Three black, green, blue for a 6-6 six, six legendary elemental avatar. It says, during each of your turns... You may play up to one permanent card of each permanent type from your graveyard and then it says if a card has multiple permanent types choose one as you play it. So if you've got like a artifact creature mm-hmm. and you play it from your graveyard with Moldrotha, you can say well that's my artifact for turn so I can still play a creature out of my graveyard or vice versa. Right. Um, we talked about this last no, 2 or 3 episodes ago. We're mm-hmm. shooting these out of order so I'm going to 2 episodes confused. I think. Um it's amazing
2: it is beyond amazing. Uh, in Brawl, out of control, because there just aren't many effects that deal with the graveyard. Um, now, in Commander, you better hope you have a Scavenging Use on the, on the battlefield, or a bajuka Bog or multiple bajuka bogs. I think that's where this card gets scary, is that even if you do exile the graveyard once, if you're able to refill it back up, you're almost back to where you started, just with a different kind of hand.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um,
2: but yeah, this card is absurd.
1: We'll probably break down my brawl deck at some point, just as we'll break down Jimmy's Yoda deck. So we won't go into it super deep here. you know why why did I never make a Yoda joke?
2: Yoda Archmage Eternal.
1: Yeah. Yoda. Yoda. That's not even Yoda. That's not even Yoda's, yeah. That's
2: but that is by far the best Star Wars song, and that isn't the Imperial March. Um All right, the next is Moltani, Yavamai's Avatar, four green green for a zero zero legendary creature elemental avatar. With reach and trample, Multani gets plus one plus one for each land you control and each land card in your graveyard. So if you just cast leash. yeah. So if you're just casting this with regular mana, it becomes a six six. And if you have fetch lands and stuff in your graveyard, it gets even bigger. Yep. And you can play pay one in the green, return two lands you control to their owner's hand,
1: and you can return Multani from your graveyard to your hand. So it's hard to kill. Um, also goes really well, probably in like a gitrog monster yeah Azusa. as if he needed help yeah Jeez. i know Gitrog's already awesome yeah i don't think again maybe it's a good brawl commander but it's not it probably yeah. isn't good in brawl monocolor is not that great in brawl because you just don't have as uh, deep of a card pool right
2: shout out to ryan Yi, great art i love that guy
1: all right the next one is nabon dean of iteration One in a blue for a 2-1 human wizard legendary, of course. If a wizard entering the battlefield under your control causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger, that ability triggers an additional time wizard panharmonicon. (laughs) Yeah, wizard panharmonicon. It doesn't say the wizard panharmonicon part on the card. I added that myself.
2: You know, this is pretty much Professor in the card because he just never stops repeating himself, right? (laughs) (laughs) Like... It's here he is. He loves wizards. Not as much as Merfolk, but And like, can't you just read his flavor text? Perfect. Now, do it again. That's that's 100% him. This card is good. Yeah, it's one in the blue too. It's very cheap to to have this enchantment-esque effect.
1: And we already know the Anola deck has there's enough um wizards with ETB effects. Yeah. And it's also if a wizard entering the battlefield causes um causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger, so it doesn't have to trigger a wizard. Right. It's just a wizard has to trigger it. Yeah. So a creature, uh, a card that says, you know, if a creature enters the battlefield under your control, do, do something. X. Yep. If, as long as the wizard is what triggered it, you're going to do that twice. So it's pretty interesting. I bet there's some crazy interactions. Definitely. Uh, and one it's- of them may be with this card. Uh, Naru Miha, wi- Master Wizard. Two blue blue for a 3-3 human wizard, legendary, has flash. When Naru enters the battlefield, copy target, instant or sorcery spell you control. You may choose new targets for the copy, and then other wizards you control get plus one plus one.
2: So she's a flash lord that copies that forks or not forks, it copies a target or instant or sorcery. So
1: if Nibon's out, you double fork something?
2: Yeah, pretty interesting. Uh causes causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger, including itself in right. this case. So you would double copy a spell with Nibon out on the battlefield so it's dual caster mage plus your wizards get plus one plus
1: one and it has yeah right right right.
2: and dual caster costs one less but it's still
1: pretty darn pretty interesting Mm, seems really good i love these when like you know somebody's like extra turn spell or something oh gosh it's not as great because yours actually resolves first so they get to take their extra turns first but still but
2: still indeed okay we are jumping down to the r's now and this card, I think, is is gonna be
1: Wait, one of. Was it this person's? Because there's another capuchin earlier, wasn't there?
2: Okay. Yes, it's right here. This capuchin.
1: No, there was another one. There was like a. Oh, there's more capuchins. No, the there wasn't there like that first strike life linking one.
2: Oh yes, um, is like the
1: sister Denitha capuchin. Yeah, yeah.
2: The uh, they look like they might be related. Who knows? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised they got considering the, they share the exact same last name. I mean. Probably just a
1: coincidence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's magic. You know? they, there are no coincidences. They probably didn't even think about that. They're like, really? They do have the same last name? Who, who did this? <laughs> Guys, did we know that we gave the same Okay. James Pianka, get him in here right now. Pia-
2: yeah, we haven't talked to Pianka in a while. we got to bring him back on the show. I want to see what he's done in recent years. He did. Years. He named
1: the sister and the brother Capuchin. Oh, wait, really? No, I oh. don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. This card's awesome, by the way. Okay.
2: Someone's sorry. screaming in the show, being like, I did it. <laughs> this card is awesome. I think this card is going to see a lot
1: of play in did you, general. Did a lot of people tweet this at you when it got spoiled? Because they did to me because of a Really? Oh They're like, funny. well, we know Josh is gonna play it.
2: Oh, that's super funny. You know, I I think no one tweeted at me, because I'm probably not as active on you in the Magic Twitter world, but I think they're right. This card is absurd. Yeah. It, I think any blue white deck. It's
1: can, a Dalkanorie with Flash.
2: Yeah, you're pretty you're gonna be very hard pressed to not be playing this in pretty much any deck that can play it.
1: Yeah, okay, let's
2: read it. People are like, what is it do? Everyone at home is watching can already see. It's Raph Capuchin, ship's mage, 2 a blue and a white for a 3-3 legendary creature, human wizard. It's got flash, it's got flying, and it says you may cast historic spells as though they had flash. So that gives your artifacts, legendaries, and saga cards historic, which includes Planeswalkers, by the way.
1: Man, you could flash out of a duck over <laughs> with this.
2: <laughs> the one-two punch. They never saw it coming. <laughs> hey, guys, watch me spend eight mana and do nothing to the board.
1: I mean, if this is your commander... It's super scary once you get to like eight or nine mana. Yeah. Because you don't even have to play it from your command zone. You flash it in and then use it to flash the other thing in. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, I'm in love with instant speed stuff, so I really like it.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's just a great utility card as well. It gives you that element of surprise. It's not as good as a Vodalkin and, and I think you have to build a little bit around it because yeah, it's legendary specifically. But, I'd st- I mean, even giving artifacts flash is really powerful. I, I mean,
1: if it's your commander, you built it so that, you know, 80% of the stuff in your deck is either an artifact or a legendary. Yeah. And maybe, I'm not sure about the sagas. We'll see.
2: We'll see. We will see. But, yeah, this card's really sweet. I like it. I'm going to be putting it in a lot of decks because I have a lot of powerful artifacts to flash in
1: i think this is the third or fourth best legend in the set so far that we've talked about
2: yeah again giving yourself options and giving yourself the ability to say all right well i could play my solemn simulacrum right now or i could wait until end step and see if i would
1: rather play this instead you know plus i can flash it in and block with it yeah we saw on the game nights with kenji and gabby how like there was a certain point in the game where kenji could attack and he looks at me and he goes well and i had vidal kenori out he's like it's just too scary to attack you because you could flash in anything. Anything. And just eat my thing. So he couldn't... So just having the Ori out, which is what Raph is, will deter a lot of aggression coming at you because they don't know what you could play and then block with. Yeah.
2: It's also a card that people just don't want to waste removal
1: on. Yep. But it does you a ton of good. Okay. The next one is Rona, Disciple of Gix or Jix? Gix. Disciple of Gix.
2: Gi in French. Okay.
1: Oh, Gi is I, in French. I don't know. Okay, (laughs) one a blue and a black for a 2-2 legendary creature human artificer when Rona enters the battlefield you may exile target historic card from your graveyard and then you may cast non-land cards exiled with Rona so don't exile land when you do that (laughs) Um, and then you can pay 4 and tap Rona and you can exile the top card of your library so she can kind of weirdly draw you cards yeah Uh, Uh, it's Interesting. For a three drop that buys
2: back an artifact or a legendary or a saga, that could be interesting. I think with sagas, it's cool because those cards get rid of themselves after they reach the third chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, so Rona has a little bit of extra value there. Um, but I think you'd really have to build around this to make it really good. And four to tap
1: it is a lot of mana. It's a lot of mana. It seems like you can get value better um, in blue-black, there are a lot of ways to sort of get stuff back from your graveyard. Yeah. And I mean, you may be able to find a way to,
2: to exile other things in other ways with this card, and then cast them as well, but it seems like a lot of work for a card that may not be that powerful.
1: I mean, you still have to cast the card. It'd be one thing if you cast it without paying its mana cost. Yeah. Then I, I think she would be awesome, of course.
2: Of course. Probably too good. That's why they didn't do that. This one's cool, though. Shalai, Voice of Plenty. This is sweet. Yeah. Three and a white for a 3-4 legendary creature angel with flying. You... Planeswalkers you control and other creatures you control have hexproof. So not Shalai herself, but pretty much everything else you have on the board—Planeswalkers and creatures—and for four a green and a green, you can play. You can pay four green green to put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control. Neat. This is great. Count me in. I think this is gonna see a lot of play. Yeah, I could see the same playing standard <clears throat> as well too. It's just a, a finisher. It's a three four with flying. Protects um, you
1: from like red burn. Yeah. Um, but in our format. You know, will often just play an equipment or something that protects. And if you think about like swiftfoot boots, doesn't cost a lot less than this because yeah. the equip cost. Uh, and Shalai comes down and basically says, you know, if you're going to use spot removal, you've got to remove Shalai and then the thing. So it has like a um, what's that creature that counters Kira Great Glass Spinner kind right. of right. F- kind of feel to it. Also pumps your entire team. It's a Gavyny Township because um, mm-hmm. those are one-one counters that it puts on. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. So, I really like this card a lot. It's very efficient Four mana,
2: yeah, and our favorite metal artist, Victor Adam Minguez it. this could be a oh yeah,
1: Victor <laughs> um, this could be a commander,
2: yeah, I could see that it's unfortunately very creature based, and I just don't like those decks in general. but if you're
1: gonna build a creature based deck, having a commander that protects your board and pumps it is pretty mm-hmm. good, pretty good, and yeah, you get good. green because it's you know got a green activation cost, so yeah. you're in token colors, yeah. So, yeah. Another green, white commander. Shauna, Sisse's legacy, just costs green and white, so two mana. For a human warrior, it's a zero, zero. Shauna can't be the target of abilities your opponents control, so not spells. Spells can still target Shauna, but, but abilities cannot. Shauna gets plus one, plus one for each creature you control. Eh. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it just had hexproof and did that, it still would be me.
2: Yeah, she is paying, you know, air. you know, paying her respects to Sisei herself. But Captain Sisei, we all know, much more powerful card. Oh, yeah. Um, Here's another card that I almost built for Brawl, but I don't think has enough support. It's Slimefoot the Stowaway, your local fungus king. Uh, One, a black and a green for a 2-3 legendary creature fungus. Whenever a sapling you control dies, Slimefoot deals one damage to each opponent and you gain one life. And you can pay four mana to create a 1-1 green sapling
1: creature token. I think this is a sneaky one of the better ones um, for Commander. Because for sure. If you, it's basically Blood Artist for Saperlings, but it also Blood Artist doesn't, say, create a creature on it. Yeah. For four generic mana, it yep. doesn't require it to tap. So all you need is infinite mana and a sac outlet, and you win. Yeah, each opponent as well.
2: Blood Artist, I think, only targets one person. So pretty good. I like the fact that you can
1: make the, the Saperlings at instant speed. I think that's great. And it's not that bad for mana, you know know, can... I mean the fact that it's four generic. Yeah, just means that like like I said, if there's a million ways to create infinite mana decks. Do it on accident sometimes. So as soon as you do that, all you really need is a sack outlet, and it's just over. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, this is a new member of the Weatherlight, according to the flavor text. It's a three drop, too. So you could potentially be comboing out early. You know, Ashnod's altar is so good with a card like this because oh you sack it, drain everybody. That makes two mana that helps you get toward the four mana. You need yep. to create another one.
2: Yeah. With a doubling season, you just make you just infinitely win right there because you just make two tokens each time. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And you get two mana or four mana by sacking both of them. So
1: there you go. Doubling season, Ashnod, Slimefoot, win. Win, yeah. You like winning the game, right, guys? People don't like combo kill sometimes, which I understand. But I I'm understand. just saying that is a that deck will do that.
2: Okay, Whew, man, we're almost done with the freaking legendary. This looks creatures.
1: like exactly the same as Nezahal.
2: Yeah, it's got a lot of similarities, except it's not an elder dragon, I guess. Is it an elder demon? No. Okay. It's Slin Voda, the Rising Deep. It's an elder, the Leviathan. It's no, not it's elder. A, it's just a they only put elder if it's a D creature type. True. That's a good point. Yeah. So we'll be waiting. Uh, <laughs> for the next... Elder Deviathon. Leviathan, Six blue blue for an 8-8 eight eight legendary creature Leviathan with a kicker. One in the blue. I lied. There's two cards with kicker on our list.
1: We're probably gonna be wrong. There's probably more.
2: Okay. When Slinvod of the Rising Deep enters the battlefield, if it was kicked, return all creatures to their owner's hand except for Merfolk, Krakens, Leviathans, Octopuses, and Serpents.
1: I love that card from like Theros or whatever. Yeah, that, yeah. That bounces everything but... These, yeah, it's a sorcery it's, that I, does I that? It's pretty much these cards. So this is 10 mana have an 8-8. Eight eight. That bounces everything. Yeah. It know. basically bounces everything. Although there's some merfolk decks running around now. There's a lot more, so that might be a little bit inconvenient. Um, sure. But I think your 8-8 beats them anyway, which is nice. Maybe. Merfolk decks didn't have like 50 things. True. <laughs> oh, yep. This is... Uh, you you got to read this one.
2: Turns out he's back. It's Squee the Immortal. One red red for a 2-1 legendary creature goblin. You may cast Squee the Immortal from your graveyard or from exile. So originally Squee would be bounced from your graveyard to your hand. I believe he only costs two in a red, but now in this case, you can cast him from your graveyard. He's a recurring threat. I don't see him being played that much in Commander necessarily. Casting from exile is kind of neat, but I could see him being more of just like a, he's just the two one that keeps coming back. He's annoying.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Doesn't seem that great.
2: Nope. But you know what? Squee, you tried and that's okay.
1: (laughs) You trying to make Squee feel better? I don't know. I mean, he seems like he needs it. Okay, the next one is Tatiova, Benthic Druid. Three, a green and a blue for a Merfolk Druid, three, three. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you may gain one life and draw a card. Uh, so, you do not may. You just have to. Oh, sorry. You gain one life and draw a card. Yeah. Um, so landfall, draw a card, gain one life. Pretty good. Really good. Super good.
2: Yeah, I don't know if this is your best blue-green commander, but it's definitely, in the blue-green deck, going to draw you a lot of cards. <laughs> I
1: don't want them to build the best blue-green commander anymore. They've already done it. Yeah, like so, five or six times. Yeah, so, so. it's fine now. that they, That's still better than every uh, red-white yeah. commander. So
2: Now, here is a card that has high potential. It's Teshar, Ancestor's Apostle, three in the white for a 2-2 legendary creature bird cleric with flying. Whenever you cast a historic spell, return target creature card with CMC three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. To the battlefield. Woo-wee. Um, three or less. that That is a big berth of cards in terms of ones, things that you can bring back. Creatures with three or less. That is pretty nuts. Um, I think this is just amazing in a deck that obviously has a lot of three drops or lower, like a very low CMC sort of, I can see it like in a more competitive build. And it's a historic spell, so anytime you do it, our artifact, boom, free
1: three drop. Yeah, that's it's a it's cheating on mana cost again. Yeah, you know, and you're playing. It's not like an additional thing. You're playing an artifact and then just getting, uh, like a, a three CMC creature out of your yard. Yeah, yeah. Ugh, ugh. that seems pretty good, actually. That is card advantage in white, and it might be a viable mono white deck be, just because it's a commander that has card advantage on it. You think so? It's possible.
0: I'm yeah. trying to
1: think of another mono white commander that has. Card advantage on it like that. There really isn't one. And that's kind of Mono White's problem. So, yeah. Okay. The next one is Tiana, Ship's Caretaker. It's a legendary creature, Angel Artificer, costs three red and a white. So, five mana total for a 3 3. Whenever an aura or equipment you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, you may return that card to its owner's hand at the beginning of the next end step. So it kind of makes your auras and equipments hard to kill. Yeah, I'd say auras are the
2: most important part here. I mean, your equipments aren't going to get removed as much, but...
1: There might be auras that you sacrifice on purpose. Yeah. And kind of cycle, you know, get it back, do it mm-hmm. again.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. 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 Could be better. It's a little bit of card advantage for Boros, but it's not the right kind. It's too specific. Yeah. Next up, we got
2: Torgar. Famine Incarnate. Gar. Six black black for a 7-6 legendary creature avatar. This dude looks scary.
1: He looks huge.
2: Yeah, it's way too big for me.
1: Well, he's an eight CMC spell. So. Yeah,
2: he's a seven six. Uh, as an additional cast cost to cast the spell, you may sacrifice any number of creature, and this spell costs two less to cast for each creature sacrificed this way. Huh. So it can cost up to black black if you sacrifice three creatures, because it won't reduce the colored mana cost. And when Torgar enters the battlefield, up to one target player's life total becomes half their starting life total, rounded down. So half their starting life total, not their current life total. So if in Commander, it would take it to 20. It can do 20 damage to somebody, though, for black, black. Yeah, I mean, if someone has infinite life, too, it could just take them straight down to 20. It doesn't divide infinite by half, you know. See, you don't
1: need Commander damage.
2: Yeah. Um, (laughs) The cool thing about this is that if you have a a deck that wants to sack things already, this Mm -hmm. is a sweet way to just have additional value on top of it. A zombie deck that just has a lot of tokens lying around, too. Yeah, even like the sapling deck deal even more damage to people that way, and then you, you bring this guy into the battlefield. And you can sacrifice any number of creatures, so you don't have to just do three. You
1: could sacrifice a 1,000 if you wanted to. True, just if you had Blood Artists or something out. Yeah. Or um, Slimefoot. Slimefoot. Okay. Yeah, I think this is in the 99, though. It's probably not a commander. Yeah. It gets way less good when they know about it, too. Yep. Okay, the next one is Valduk, Keeper of the Flame. Thor. Two and a red for a 3-2 human shaman. At the beginning of combat on your turn, for each aura and equipment attached to Valduk, Create a three-one red elemental creature token with trample and haste. Exile those tokens at the beginning of the next end step. What was our um, preview card that created? Um oh,
2: uh, right of the something flame.
1: Right of the raging storm. Right of the raging storm. Ride of the Raging Storm, correct? Ride right of the Raging Storm. That was like one of our first early preview cards. It, yeah. It made 3 1 elementals. Five ones, actually. Oh, jeez. Oh, well, I'm just way off. Okay. They're called Lightning Ragers. And it made them for other, uh, whatever. Okay. So this is nothing like that. Forget why I said <laughs> that. This is unrelated. It's similar. You know, it do you makes... remember that card? You do. Yeah, okay, I do. good. I do. Moving I do. on to <laughs> Valdooth. <laughs>
2: Well, just a brief history lesson, boy. Back when we first got spoiler cards, they were that was cool. They were uh, they were okay. <laughs> Remember that? That was awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. Valduk, though, I mean if you stack this guy up, you can make a bunch of 31s and then hit someone with them and then you exile him. Woo! Red.
1: <laughs> <laughs> From Jimmy the Red, everybody. Yeah,
2: you know, it's you know, I wish it was better. Uh but it's kind of cool. You don't see that kind of
1: effect this often. Um It's too bad Sram wasn't red white. Yeah. If Sram was red white, then a lot of these red white cards working it and like Valduk would be sweet if you can just get ten you know yeah, yeah. ten um ores and enchantments or an equipment onto him. All right, we got one more. I just had to include this because this is the card you don't
2: want to see when you open the pack. <laughs> it's Yargle! Gargol, <Yargle>. Glutton, <laughs> Glutton of Urborg. four in the black, legendary creature, frog spirit for a
1: nine three. That's it. No no no. It says when Belzenek's Lieutenant Yarcool. <laughs> Grew too ambitious, the demon lord transformed him into a maggot. The frog that ate the maggot grew and grew until a ravenous spirit burst from its body. That's 9-3.
2: So basically, when this enters the battlefield, you create a maggot token, and then a frog token enters the battlefield after it, and then it, it immediately sacks the maggot token, and then... No, oh, because then... that
1: would be good, because stuff would be happening and yeah. dying.
2: <laughs> this is literally just five mana, nine three. It's a legendary creature, though, so if you want to make a commander deck out of this, and you want to play me or Josh at the GP, I will sit down
1: immediately and play with you. I mean, one thing I will say about this card is, it's a brawl commander. It is... <laughs> It's got brawl potential. (laughs) Okay. So those are the legendary creatures that we're going to talk about. We're going to move on now to the new planeswalkers. There are three in this set. My head hurts. Yeah. So, um, and in brawl, we should remember that planeswalkers can be your commanders. Right. So these are actually commanders in brawl. Um, The first one is Jaya Ballard. She's back.
2: Ballard, I think. Jaya
1: Ballard. Thank you. She's back. She's back. She costs two red, 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 so five mana total for a legendary Planeswalker. Jaya has five loyalty. You can plus one her and add red, 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 and then spend this mana only to cast instants and or sorceries. Um, You can plus one her, so she has two plus ones, and discard up to three cards, then draw that many cards. That's pretty good. Card draw. And then you can negative eight her, her ultimate, and you get an emblem with you may cast instant uh, and sorcery cards from your graveyard. If a card cast this way would be put into your graveyard, exile instead. So then you sort cool. of snap cast your mage, all your instants and sorceries.
2: Yeah, which is really neat. It's just any, it doesn't need to be there. You can cast something and then have it enter there and recast it again.
1: I mean, as ultimates go, though, not that not great. Because it doesn't, it, you have to cast the stuff spill. Yeah, still. she
2: comes in at five. You got to get her up to eight. Eh. But, you know, she can ramp you and she can draw you cards. Yeah, so. it's good. She's just going to get attacked and died, but it's good. You know, but she didn't die the first time that her daughter thought she was dead in the story, the Vorthos magic story. Right, right. And so maybe she won't die on the battlefield okay. in case as well. Right. Uh, she can be your commander, though, in Brawl. <laughs> Next up is Karn. He's made a return, Scion of Urza. I think he's the villain of Dominaria. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, the trailer has him very menacingly talking about how he's going to. I don't know, perfect the world or uh, whatever.
1: I thought you just said, Autobots, transform, transform into me, shiny metal man. Let's roll out.
2: Four mana for a five loyalty planeswalker, Karn. Uh, plus one, reveal the top two cards of your library. An opponent chooses one of them, put that card into your hand, and exile the other with a silver counter on it. So no matter what, you're going to draw a card. And the minus one, put a card you own with a silver counter on it from exile into your hand. So if Karn stays alive, you're going to get both of those cards. Yeah. Um, and his minus two, so not If you actua- want. Yeah. See, if,
1: that, if one of the cards, you, if don't you really want. want it, you can just be like, I'll just yeah. do that mini factor fishing thing again.
2: Yeah, which is cool. Uh, but here's the thing, he doesn't have an ultimate, he just has a minus two that says, create a zero, zero colorless construct artifact creature token with, this creature gets plus one, plus one for each artifact you control.
1: So the creature itself is an artifact, so it's always a one, one. Yes. And then if you make two, then they're both two twos and it kind of, oh, it, it kind of, um, what is that? Uh, pack rats. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Or rats. Rats in general kind of do that. Care about how many rats you have.
2: Yeah. So Karn's pretty neat uh, for a four drop. I don't think he's that powerful particularly. He will draw you a card, and it's a colorless way to do so. I could see people playing this in a mono red deck. You get the worst of the top two cards in your library, though, I guess? Yeah. And it's better than no cards at all, I guess. And you have the chance to potentially get it back. Look, if you're playing a mono red artifact matters deck, I would potentially,
1: maybe... Not put them in. I wish his minus two was put a card with a silver counter on it into play. Oh gosh. Because then think of the position you're putting your opponent in when they have to choose. Right. Well, I give you a card now. Do I give you the better one? Well, so then that they're you always don't gonna silver silver just counter? give you the instant or sorcery, right? Right. So then they're not always giving you the better. It's like they have to make a decision that's like sometimes I have True. to give you the best card now so that you don't cheat it into play later. Yeah. I don't know. I just think that would have been more. Unfortunately interesting.
2: it's not the case. Next up we got Idris Elba, hero of Dominaria. This is Teferi. Gosh, if Idris Elba could play this character
1: in the movie, would that be would be sweet. sweet. Uh, yeah, Teferi, Hero of Dominaria. Three white and a blue for a legendary Planeswalker. Four mana, or sorry, four loyalty when it enters. You can plus one to draw a card, and then at the beginning of the next end step, untap two lands. I like how they put at the beginning of the next end step. They're trying mm-hmm. to stop all the uh, the Chain Veil infinite shenanigans, maybe? Yeah,
2: well, it also matches up
1: well with another card. Um, oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, so... Um, well, actually, not that. Well, either way. Um, then you can negative three to put target non-land permanent uh, into its owner's library. Third from the top. It's interesting. And the ultimate, negative eight, you get an emblem with whenever you draw a card, exile target permanent and opponent controls. Now, that is a win the game ultimate, right? Yeah, there. that's a win the game ultimate. That's whenever you draw one. a card. Yeah,
2: this is going into the, uh, the super friend decks immediately for that ultimate. Um, not to mention, you just get to draw cards with it, uh, which is you know better than nothing.
1: Exile target permanent, too. So, you know, lands yeah every time we draw a bing, card she's louise you ultimate and then consecrated sphinx and it's just game over you know i wish these things could just happen but unfortunately those are big dreams to have i mean they can happen but here's what's going to happen directly afterwards i cast consecrated or i ultimate teferi okay. okay i cast consecrated sphinx okay i scoop that's good I or I scoop. everyone
2: goes like okay well we just have one goal now yeah just to kill you as fast as possible <laughs> and it probably won't happen because it'll be exiling your best things all right, those are the three new Planeswalkers. So now we're going to go through... Uh, hold on, hold on. Are
1: any of them good for Brawl?
2: Oh. I Karn is almost impossible, I think, to make in Brawl because you have to do a color list. I don't deck.
1: actually think any of them are because none of them really protect themselves. Actually, I think Karn, at least Karn's minus makes creatures. Right. I think we said this a couple episodes ago. I think that in Brawl and also if they ever changes in commander where Planeswalkers were legal as commanders they wouldn't actually be that good. Right. Because they can just get attacked and die most of the time. And most of them don't do a great job after you play them of not being immediately killed if, if a whole table really wants to. Yeah. And the whole table can really agree because it's not the same as hitting somebody in the face. Mm-hmm. It's just like, yeah, I can just kill that for free by attacking, so I'm going to. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: So this card I included because I love the art by Jesper Sing. all of our favorites. Oh, Jesper. Uh, unfortunately, it still is not do the thing I wanted to do, which, give, which is give red a little bit of help in a certain area. It's Half-Hazard Bombardment, five in a red for an enchantment. When Half-Hazard Bombardment enters the battlefield, choose four non-enchantment permanents you don't control and put an aim counter on each of them. So you can choose four things around the battlefield you don't control that are not enchantments, so it can be lands. And at the beginning of your end step, if two or more permanents you don't control have an aim counter on them, destroy one of those permanents at random. So you're basically saying, I want to get rid of four things that aren't enchantments on the battlefield. At the beginning of my end steps, I'm going to be able to get rid of one. And then the next end step, I'll get rid of
1: another one. And then at the. Then that's it. And that's it, yeah. But it's random. So you're saying. Well, oh. if two or more. So you get three. Oh, at the intercept, if two or more permanents you you don't control half an encounter. Yeah. Oh, so when you're down, so you're gonna get three of the four. Yeah, in three successive turns, which is forever. Yep, and it doesn't target enchantments, which I was like the one thing that red can't do and still cannot do. Well, yeah, this this max of Morrow or somebody being like looking listen, red doesn't touch enchantments, so yeah. let's put non enchantment on there. Anyway, the that bombardment okay. is haphazard. Yep. All right, the next one is Jaya's Immolating Inferno. This is our first legendary sorcery. And it is legendary. It's red, red, and X. It's quite sweet. Remember, legendary sorcery means you can uh, cast the spell only if you control a legendary creature or planeswalker. Jaya's Immolating Inferno deals X damage to each of up to three targets. Mm. Three targets! Targets. Players. Permanents. Not permanents. Planeswalkers. It's, um...
2: Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, especially because it's... It's, it's, if you pay four and a red-red, you're doing 12 damage to for six mana. You know, it just goes up from there. So it's very good in my Neheb deck, obviously. I was just going
1: it's freaking scary. Yeah. So good stuff. Because it either comes out after everybody's taking damage and it hits them and kills them, or it's the thing that creates the damage that creates a ton of mana from Neheb. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Siege Gang Commander is
2: back. Just wanted everyone to know. Three red-red, cool new art. This card is just, in general, great. It creates three 1-1 one, one red goblins, and then if you're playing a goblin deck, you can just pay one in a red to sack it, and then Siege Gang will deal two damage to any target, including himself. So you'll notice that the errata the is here because of the new redirect damage yeah. to whatever is gone, so it's just to any target, which is kind of neat. Uh, it's good in Grenzo. Yes, indeed it is. All right, here's
1: our first enchantment saga. Josh, take it away. All right. Our first saga, the Flame of Keld. One and a red for an enchantment saga. Remember, as this saga enters, and after you draw, and after your draw step, you add a lore counter. And the rules on this are a little bit weird. Danny Baderman, who is our judge for game nights, was explaining how like there's not even a trigger really. You can't. Yeah, it doesn't use the stack, so it's safe. Like they can't like respond to it. You're gonna get this effect after your draw step. If they if they don't destroy it basically before your upkeep Mm -hmm. or during your upkeep, then it's gonna happen. So when you play it, the the first chapter is discard your hand. Seems bad. That doesn't seem good. No. The um, so then on your next turn you go to your draw step and then after that you go to chapter number two which is draw two cards. That's better. That's good. And then so the literally next, the only <clears throat> one of the few red cards that just says draw, draw cards. cards yeah. yeah. Well, n- n- red cards do say that. They also say discard stuff. So it's it's yeah. it's in theme. And then the next turn, chapter three is if a red source you control would deal damage to a permanent or player this turn, it deals. That much damage plus two to that permanent or player instead. So, Purphoros. Yeah. Double the amount. Although, that doesn't tend to matter because by the time Purphoros is really doing its thing, it's going to just kill everybody usually. Yeah, I think this card is just mm-hmm.
2: mediocre. It's obviously a build around. You don't want to play this until it's maybe your second to last card in your hand and you're hoping to discard the card like in Flames or how do you have a in Flames in the
1: graveyard? So, it's it's interesting. could be good with like Garna. Yeah. Discard and- your hand, play Garna. Now get all those creatures back in your hand. The problem with all of these saga cards is that they very clearly broadcast what you're gonna be doing far before you do it. This seems like a card where oh sorry. If you could manipulate the counters and keep removing it at when it goes to two, remove it, goes to two, you yeah. could you you know, jump through a bunch of hoops to draw two extra cards per turn, but red may have to do stuff like that. Although red can't manipulate counters usually, so never mind. <laughs> okay. Alright, that's it for red. Let's move on to white. Daring archaeologist, it's Indiana Jones, or it looks nothing like Indiana Jones, three and a white for a human artificer, three, three, when daring archaeologist ETBs enters the battlefield, you may return target artifact card from your graveyard to your hand, Hmm. Which it was to battlefield, but it would be it would be really good. Um and then whenever you cast a historic spell, you can put a one one counter on Daring Archaeologist.
2: Yeah, so you get to hand so if you have any on cast triggers, sure. Uh but otherwise you'd rather play a card like refurbish that just gets it to the battlefield. That's a sorcery. Um but yeah, this guy could get big, or sorry, this lady could get big. Um so it's it's I eat. Meh. And this white card, decks don't tend to be artifact decks. This card's weird. Go ahead. It's a new enchantment saga. It's fall of the Thran for five in the white. The, th- the first chapter, when you play it, destroy all lands. So, six mana Armageddon. Now, the second and third chapters, which happens after your draw steps, uh, each player returns two land cards from their graveyard to the battlefield. So, you get to rebuild up to four lands before Fall of the Throne leaves the battlefield, and then all the chapters
1: are done. Okay, question. Does... Never mind all the like weird corner cases where you manipulate the counters or do some shenanigans. If you just play this card at face value and it does its thing, chapters 1 through 3, does that make its form of mass land destruction acceptable in commander? I think n- not really, no. because you're still not winning
2: the game. The, the the only upside is that this kind of is fair to other people that they get some lands back and you're the one
1: that gets the You them think back they're going to be any more happier than if you had just Armageddon? No.
2: Well, yes, moderately because it gives them a glimmer of hope. But Honestly, you'd only put this in the deck where you want to be returning land cards to your battlefield, where you could abuse that second part of the effect.
1: Oh, I think you could just play it as another Armageddon too, if you're the type of deck that's, you know, would normally want Armageddon. If you're that type of
2: person. Yeah.
1: Um. All right. The next one is a legendary sorcery for white. There's one in each color. Spoiler alert. Urza's Ruinous Blast. Four and a white. That was the sound of Urza's Ruinous Blast. Everybody. Whoa. Versus Spoonish Blast. It sounds like a lot of ghosts or something. It sounds scary. Oh, we are been exiled. <laughs> okay. Four and a white. Legendary sorcery. Again, you can only cast it if you control a legendary creature or planeswalker. Exile all non-land permanents that aren't legendary.
2: That's cool. So if your commander's out, it will stay on the battlefield. That's the only way you can cast it, too, if it's a legendary card. Uh, but again, hey, if their
1: commanders are out, they'll stay on the battlefield. Yeah, but this
2: does exile... All non-land permanent. So we're talking artifacts, uh, non-legendary enchantments. You, you definitely it's a build around if you're gonna put this kind of board wipe in your deck, but it's also just a great clear all, you know? Yeah. yeah.
1: So. And it's only five mana. Usually the sort of all non-land permanent um yeah. um wraths are like six, seven, eight mana. So but again, it's gonna sometimes not solve your problem. Yeah. Uh speaking of legendary sorcery, we're moving on to blue. This one is really good. Yeah. Why'd they give blue the best one? Blue's already fine, blue doesn't need help go ahead karn's temporal sundering the art out of control
2: good for blue art blue sweet. for a legendary sorcery target player takes an extra turn after this one so we've got extra turns back in standard return up to one target non-land permanent to its owner's hand exile karn's temporal sundering so you can bounce a permanent and take an extra turn so it's not just to take an extra turn card which is crazy
1: it's real crazy it exiles itself, so they're trying to get around like, you know, endless turn shenanigans with this thing, but I don't care. Extra turns are already a little too good. And then you also get to bounce something. And it's non land permanent too. Couldn't it just have been creature at least? Like, come on. Yeah.
2: I mean you get to bounce something, and then if it's one on one, you just get to, like maybe it's their last blocker, you know.
1: Uh, I just don't like extra turn cards in general. I know I do play a deck that has some, but I don't even like it when I do it. Yeah, there you go. All right. Uh the next one precognition field. This is the Minority Report card. Yeah. Three and a blue for an enchantment. You may look at the top card of your library. You may do this at any time. You may cast the top card of your library if it's an instant or sorcery card. Hmm. And then you can pay three to exile the top card of your library. For instance, if it's a land or something that isn't an instant or sorcery. Yeah. It's
2: like a very expensive scry uh, that gets yeah. rid of the card forever. But every time I scry something to the bottom of my deck, I'm just like, see you in another lifetime.
1: This seems really powerful in the sort of spell-heavy decks like Mizics and things like that, uh, yeah. Kess, because it just gives you access to... I think what people don't see when they see cards like this is you cast the top card of your library, right? You drew a card, mm-hmm. but then it actually opened up the new top card of your library, so if that's an instant or sorcery, you can cast that one, so then it drew you two cards. Yeah. So it has the ability to draw you multiple cards, depending on if you kind of get lucky or you stack the top of your deck. I, I think this card's really good in those decks
2: yeah and you can get rid of the top cards of your library so you can control your i mean if it's if you have an instant based deck you sort of sit
1: there and be like all right i don't want this card i'm gonna pay the three just to get rid of it instead also just knowing the top card of your library because you can look at it it doesn't have to be an instant or sorcery right just knowing it sometimes helps you make decisions with other cards so yeah all right the antiquities war another enchantment saga
2: in blue it's three in the blue and the first two chapters both say, look at the top five cards of your library. You may reveal an artifact f- card from among them and put it into your hand and put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. So for chapters one and two, you're going to essentially be able to draw two cards off of this if you have artifacts in there. Chapter three, artifacts you control become artifact creatures with base power and toughness 5-5 until end of turn. So obviously an artifact-based deck,
1: maybe you're casting those artifacts that you drew and at the third chapter, they're all going to become big old 5-5s. Seems good in the Joyra deck. One thing I've learned about Sagas having played Brawl a, a number of times now is it's very telegraphed and very slow. And so... So slow. Yeah, so you look at that third thing and be like, sweet, I'm going to play a bunch of cheap artifacts. I'm going to find more with this card. They're all going to become 5 fives. Just, I got news for you. Everyone's going to see it coming from three turns away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, If if they can't stop it in that period of time, maybe they
2: deserve to get hit by all those five fives.
1: Yeah, they're going to be able to stop it. There's just not very many commander decks that if you present them with that kind of threat, the whole table isn't going to be able to do anything. Um, Okay, the next one is the Mirari Conjecture. Four and a blue. Oh, sorry, it's an enchantment saga for four and a blue. Chapter one, return target instant card from your graveyard to your hand. Hmm. Pretty good. Chapter two, return target sorcery card from your graveyard to your hand. And chapter three, until end of turn, whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, copy it. You may choose new targets for the copy. Again, this is very powerful. And on that third turn, it doesn't care if the spells you're copying are the instants and sorceries you drew with the first two chapters, right? Yeah. So you could just already have a bunch of spells in your hand kind of saved up. Mm-hmm.
2: So it's, it, I think it's a pretty interesting card. I don't know if it's something that I necessarily would play,
1: but... Uh... I, I It's going to be interesting. I mean, do you think sagas in general... I just feel like the way they roll out is not super conducive to multiplayer.
2: No, it's going to take forever. It's three turns. And unless you have a way to manipulate the counters, that'd be cool, right? If you could do that. But unfortunately, it's going to be a lot of like, all right, we'll pass the turn. And then the next turn happens. And then you wait another turn cycle for the throw when it happen. And then by that point, so much is going to have changed on the board that maybe your plans. Is, I find it very hard to, to be planning or proactive with a card like a saga.
1: Yeah, I think the only sagas that are going to be really good are the ones where chapter one, the when it enters the battlefield are good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, next up is
2: a common. The only common we'll be talking about today, I believe. Grow from the Ashes. It was. It is, however, the third card with Kicker we're talking about today. It's a sorcery for Kicker 2. Now, for 2 and a green, you just search your library for a basic land card, put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. If the spell was kicked, insert your library for 2 basic land cards, put them onto the library, then shuffle your library. So, this is actually better in a lot of ways than something like a rampant growth because it depends on how you're curving out right if you pay three mana you actually get a mana back because that land comes into the battlefield untapped it's exactly yeah, yeah yeah yeah. so that's true. the big difference and if you kicker it then you get two lands back so for five mana you're actually kind of only spending three that makes it kind of i'd say better than explosive vegetation yeah in a lot of ways it's paying five for two untapped lands you know it just depends on how you can use your lands obviously there are only basic lands here Um, But it's interesting because very few of these ramp cards usually can put cards into the battlefield untapped. So I thought that was interesting to point out.
1: Yeah. All right, the next one is Kamal's Druidic Vow. It's the legendary sorcery from green. Green, green, and X. Look at the top X cards of your library. You may put any number of land and or legendary permanent cards with converted mana cost X or less from among them onto the battlefield. Put the rest into your graveyard. So it's kind of Genesis Wave, but for legendaries... And lands, Genesis Wave does lands. Yeah, too, that's right? true. yeah. Uh
2: true. It's okay,
1: I think. Um, you need to have your deck obviously with a lot of legendary. cards. I wish it said historic. Yeah, me too. It'd be way better because you could get artifacts too. But the fact that it's just legendary, what's there's the um, there's the green. Oh man, I'm blanking. But there's the green legendary card from like Kamigawa or whatever that cares about legendary. Uh, spells or permanents the ones
2: that puts them on the battlefield it's like or, or something
1: yeah 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 i think i know what you're talking about so that okay kamal's Jiruk,
2: Val, Val. Of that. <laughs> there you go all right next up is another enchantment saga this one in green one in the green for song of fraylies and the first two this is one of the ones that you use because chapters one and two actually affect the board immediately uh chapter one and two until your next turn creatures you control gain tap add one mana of any color so that is very powerful it turns are,
1: all your creatures into birds of paradise
2: yeah for one turn only but then it happens again on the second chapter for the second turn and then on the third turn it says uh put a or the third chapter it says play plus one plus one counter on each creature you control those creatures gain vigilance trample and indestructible until end of turn so the idea being the first two turns you have this out or first two chapters you're able to ramp play a lot bigger spells more creatures make more tokens or whatever and then by the third turn, all those creatures gain Vigilance, Trample, and Indestructible. So that's actually really powerful because you're almost you're not punished by just turning them all vertical, not sideways at some point. True, because they turn. have Vigilance. <laughs> yeah. So you're not punished because they're all Indestructible, and they have Trample too, which is kind of cool.
1: Yeah. It's okay. I'd still rather just play Cryptolith, right? I yep. wish it gave it more than plus one, plus one. Yeah. Because that feels like it's just not big enough pump, and everybody sees it coming. So if that pump is scary because you have enough creatures, then they're not going to let this happen. Yeah. Again, it, things, unfortunately are very broadcasted telegraphed. Uh, the next green card is Sylvan Awakening, two and a green for a sorcery. Until your next turn, all lands you control become 2-2 two, two elemental creature tokens. With reach, indestructible, and haste, they're still lands. So until your
2: next turn, they're so amazing block blockers. Yeah, because yeah. they have
1: haste and, uh, sorry, they have reach. If you want to attack with them, they have haste. I wish it untapped three lands <laughs> so that you know all your lands could be ready, but you have to use three of them to cast the spell. True. All right, here comes another enchantment
2: saga. This one in green again, the mending of Dominaria. Really awesome art. Uh, by the way, the art frames on these are great because it's a full frame but top to bottom. So it's like these little portrait thingies. I don't know how you describe it. But look, it's got that panther from before. Yeah, it's it has got does.
1: Freilis and it's got Karn.
2: And Karn. And then. Why is think Karn, Karn
1: green in a green spell?
2: Well, it's because it's about the, st- it's the story of how Dominaria oh, got, got mended got you. or sorts. Oh, gotcha. Okay. And then, of course, uh, good little Teferi, I believe, at the bottom there. Uh, three green, green. The first two chapters both say, put the top two cards of your library into your graveyard. Then you may return a creature card from your graveyard to your hand. So that's kind of neat. You mill two, and then you can draw a card. And then the third phase, which is the most interesting to me, the third chapter, return all land cards from your graveyard to the battlefield, then shuffle your graveyard into your library. So if you've been dumping lands or any other way, uh, by the third chapter, you've ramped a ton. But five mana? Five mana for the Mending of Dominaria is also a little...
1: Yeah, this is. I don't. I don't think this is good. It's too slow. Too slow. The sagas are cool ideas, but they I just don't think they're generally good for uh, Commander. Yeah. Speaking of sagas, we're on to black now. Chainer's Torment, three and a black. Chapters one and two, Chainer's Torment deals two damage to each opponent and you gain two life. Couldn't it say gain life equal to the life lost this way? Yeah. Chapter three, create an XX black nightmare horror creature token where X is half your life total rounded up. It deals X damage to you. Ah, oh, what? So you're basically, if you're at 40 life, you make a
2: 20-20, and then you get on 20 life.
1: <laughs> it's bad. It's just but
2: bad. but you are gaining <laughs> life in the two, first two turns. So it you it's, said
1: equal to the life lost this way, then mate, no, still bad. Yeah, it's still bad.
2: But, you know, we got to talk about them all because they're new cards. All right, next <laughs> up, we got Lich's Mastery, three black, black, black for a legendary enchantment. It has hexproof on the enchantment. And it also says you can't lose the game. And it also says whenever you gain life, draw that many cards. And it also says whenever you lose life, for each one life you lost exile a permanent you control or a card from your hand or graveyard and when lich's mastery leaves the battlefield you just straight lose the game
1: it's i mean lich was a card right so this is just the new version of it i guess Too risky
2: it's cool though whenever you gain life draw that many cards this is the kind of card that you have to play and like win immediately because for each one life you lost. So if you lost five life, you have to exile five permanent to control or five cards from your hand or graveyard
1: in any combination. Like that's that's a lot. You have to play Flux Reservoir then the next turn play this and go off and win.
2: You know, I was thinking about playing this in Brawl in our game and I was thinking yeah, like, this is one of the few ways I may, I may be able to guarantee that I can win as long as I don't mill myself out, you know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> just play it and be like, can you deal with this enchantment that has hexproof in Brawl? I, you don't need to deal with it. You just need to deal damage to you and then it, like... As soon as you take five damage, it's game over for you. Yeah, but you, think right? about it if you You've just exiled five of your permanents.
2: But if you have more cards in your library than someone else and you're just drawing to death, then you win. Wait, what? Because the other person's gonna mill out before you do, right? No, they just have to deal damage to
1: you, so you'll have nothing. Oh oh because but they can never get rid of it. Yeah, uh. they can't ever get rid of this thing. Oh right.
2: Oh wait. Yeah, from
1: your hand or your graveyard. Oh, so it doesn't matter. You have you'd you'd be like No no, because eventually you have to you exile it. Oh, you're this right. You have to exile itself. You're right, you're so right. So once you're down to just this as your only permanent, yeah, maybe it'll right. damage you and it the mastery goes. Yeah.
2: You know what? Maybe I should it's a good thing I didn't play it. <laughs> that
1: would have been hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it would have been very hilarious. <laughs> okay. okay. Um This next, card may be the only playable enchantment saga. This is the uh, mythic saga, so it's two black black. It's called Phyrexian scriptures, sorry. Four mana for a um Sorry, chapter one. Put a 1-1 counter on... (laughs) I'm getting discombobulated. It's so hard to to talk about these cards. Okay. Two black black. Chapter one. Put a 1-1 counter on up to one target creature. That creature becomes an artifact in addition to its other types. Chapter two. Destroy all non-artifact creatures so you can sort of like protect your creature and destroy Mm -hmm. all the rest. And then chapter three. Exile all cards from all opponents' graveyards. That part is actually pretty good in our format. Yeah. I mean, chapter one saves a creature from
2: the board wipe in chapter two, and then chapter three. The problem three, is
1: they see chapter two coming.
2: Yeah, but at the same time, you know, you play this, and it's not like they can return creatures to their hand. You know, you play it's a good it point. A And board. Nev's
1: disc is that type; it will have the Nev disc effect. Right. You play it, and they go, "Well, I'm not playing anything. I'm just gonna wait for that thing to blow up."
2: Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think this is playable. Not great, but playable. It's the best of the enchantment saga so far, I
1: think. Yeah. Okay. On to the legendary sorcery from Black Yawgmoth's vile offering. Ugh, this card's art. The, Noah Bradley knocked it out of the park in this. Yeah, he set did all the legendary yeah. sorceries, I believe. It's a four and a black for again a legendary sorcery. Put up to one target creature or planeswalker card from your graveyard onto the battlefield under your control, and then destroy up to one target creature or planeswalker, and then you exile Yagmas vile offering. So that's cool. Kill something, revive something. And you can put a planeswalker.
2: Yeah, from anyone's graveyard.
1: Yeah, from a graveyard into the battlefield under your control. Look at this art it's so, art is cool. so sick yeah very very neat I mean, um newsflash no bradley pretty good yeah
2: i really like this card a lot actually i think it's a yeah. very very playable card because you can get planeswalkers back you and you, you can kill planeswalkers with it yeah good, oath, in, good huh? in brawl very good in brawl actually especially yeah. if someone's got planeswalkers like mariner yeah, exactly you know <laughs> all right oath of teferi you know he's gonna keep watch as well looks like he's joined the gate watch here three a white and a blue Legendary enchantment. When Oath of Teferi enters the battlefield, exile another permanent you can target permanent you control, return to the battlefield under its owner's control at the beginning of the next end step. So, very Teferi thing to do, flick or something. And you may activate the loyalty abilities of of planeswalkers you control twice each turn rather than only once. That's really good so many times i've been like well he can't ultimate the planeswalker next turn so we don't need to worry about it right now you can play oath of the to plus and then minus you know so plus and then ultimate yeah Yeah. so this card has a lot of explosive potential i think
1: yeah that's going to be an extremely scary card and the fact that you can play it after the planeswalker's out yeah to sort of mess with it. yeah Ooh, that's a good card i know cassius is going to play that and it's going to get me it's going to get you yeah Oh, this one's good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you build your deck right, it's good. So Primeval's Glorious Rebirth. It is a legendary sorcery, a multicolored legendary sorcery. So it's five, a white, and a black, seven mana. Return all legendary permanent cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. Legendary permanent cards. Yeah. So this means if you have, for guy's instance... guys Cradle.
2: Guy's Cradle. Um, Any Planeswalker. Growing Rights of Itlamok as well. Cards like that. Uh, they're all legendary. Any yeah. Planeswalker.
1: Obviously creatures, legendary creatures.
2: Yeah, seven mana steep, but in terms of how many cards you can get back with this, it's pretty sweet, especially because all legendary cards that you have probably
1: going to be pretty powerful. I mean, I think, remember, legendary sorceries, you need a legendary creature or Planeswalker on the battlefield to cast them, but in our format, because you always have access to one of those, I, th- I think the, these cards are all pretty good.
2: Yeah. Okay, next up is the first
1: equipment. We're on to artifacts this, now. Is this Dacon's It looks Sword? like Dacon's blade.
2: Well, here's the thing. It spilled the blood of one outer dragon in Gideon's hands. It may yet taste another's. Oh. So I think it's talking about Nicol Bolas. Oh. But Black Bay Blade Reforged may have been Dacon's. Actually, let's just take a look at Dacon right now. We'll pull up the art as well, see if uh, Dacon Black Blade... It, doesn't look uh, it looks it's more me. like a katana. Yeah, but his name is Dacon Black Blade, and this is you know Dominaria after all, so... I think I'm just going to
1: choose to remember. To, Actually, to. you
2: know what this hundred percent is. So the flavor text of Dac and black blade is my power is as vast as the plains. My strength is that of the mountains. Each wave that crashes upon the shore thunders like blood in my veins. So that's all five of the colors, right? Yeah. And Black Blade Force is a two-drop artifact equipment, legendary artifact equipment that says, equip creature gets plus one, plus one for each land you control. You're right. So you it's go. totally daggons. Yeah, so, yeah. And it's got two equip costs. Oh, this is weird. Yeah. Yeah. To equip a legendary creature with it, it only costs three. Only costs three. To equip a, any other creature with it, it costs seven. So only legendary creatures are going to be trained to hold this Black Blade. It says that they can hold it a little more easy than anyone else.
1: Voltron, here we go. Commander damage. Prove me wrong. Prove Black Blaine forge. All right, move it up. Moving Do on. <laughs> All right, I'll see you in DP Vegas. Okay, damping, damping Sphere is a two-mana artifact. If a land is tapped for two or more mana, it produces colorless or diamond mana instead of any other type and amount. And then each spell a player casts costs one more to cast for each other spell that player has cast this turn. So it turns off um, Gaius Cradles, Sarah's Sanctums, mm-hmm. even Temple of the False Gods. Ancient Tombs. Ancient Tombs. Yeah, they all only just tap for one colorless mana. And then it kind of like you keep a storm count, but the count is actually how much you're going to be taxed on the next spell.
2: Yeah, I think it's actually a really interesting card in general. If you know that your playgroup runs a lot of those big mana creators uh, in lands, then awesome. City of Traders too, I think. Yep. So... It's pretty good. I think it's it's actually built more for legacy, yeah, because uh, you do play City of Traders a lot in that format as well as go off in storm. So, but it's it's a card that potentially might see a lot of uh, play in commander as this one does. It's a reprint. Gilded Lotus is coming back. Brand new art by Vulcan Baga. Five drop artifact. Add three mana of any one color to your mana pool. So, good card. Just so you guys know, it's going to be back, and the price will be down a little bit, and you can go buy it at (laughs) CardKingdom.com slash Command Zone.
1: the foil of that one's going to look nice. Yeah, that's true. The next one is Helm of the Host. It's a four-mana legendary artifact equipment. At the beginning of combat on your turn, create a token that's a copy of Equipped Creature, except the token isn't legendary Hmm. if Equipped Creature is legendary. That token gains haste, and it's Equipped 5. So this is pretty unique in that you're making copies of your legendary creatures... That and, stay around
2: forever. Yeah. By the way, it doesn't say until end of turn. Yeah.
1: And they're kind of Sakashima copies in that you can have. So this is going to open up a lot of strategies that weren't possible before. I think where you can, you know, maybe get two or three of your of your commander out or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's it's oh, man. cool. It's cool. It costs nine to do it though. Four and then five to equip.
2: Yeah. But at the same time, you this is such a unique effect that maybe it's worth it.
1: All right. We have a Mox in the set. Yeah. It's uh, Mox Amber. It's a zero mana cost artifact, legendary artifact, sorry. You can tap it to add one mana of any color among legendary creatures and planeswalkers you control. Hmm. It has to be of a color, too. So if you have a legendary creature or planeswalker that's colorless, it won't tap. It won't affect the Mox Amber. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. this looks better than it is. I think it's not going to be amazing. I think it'll be decent. But the fact that it can't help you ramp out your commander is pretty... Well, I guess it could if you had another legendary creature. But in general, that's not tapping for mana until yeah. turn, what, four or five?
2: Yeah, and it requires to have it on the battlefield. So it's not like you're getting it turn one. It's probably
1: you know? good in Joyra.
2: Oh, it's amazing in Joyra, Are you kidding me? <laughs> Thran Temporal Gateway is a four drop legendary artifact that you can pay for and then tap it to put a historic permanent card from your hand onto the battlefield. So we've seen this a lot before with other cards that put just creatures on the battlefield uh, or cards of a specific type. Yeah, it's Quicksilver Amulet for historic. Historic, yeah. So again, artifacts, legendaries, and sagas. So again, Planeswalkers, a card that you can can thwap out with a
1: Thran Temporal Gateway. Thwap it out. Thwap it out. (laughs) Those wascally wabbits. All right. We have the Weatherlight, which is the ship, the famous ship that made the Kessel run in less than 12. Just kidding. (laughs) Parsecs. It's um, four mana for an artifact, legendary artifact vehicle. It's a four, five with flying, but it has crew three. When Weatherlight deals combat damage to a player, look at the top five cards of your library. You may reveal a historic card from among them and put it into your hand, then put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. So it kind of like glint nest cranes for yeah. historic when you do combat damage it's a four drop it also is crew three so
2: the, the the point of this is that joyra can crew it immediately by yourself? yeah by herself
1: it's still man just too many too, Cost, too many restrictions you got to yeah. get it out crew it swing and do combat damage and yeah. then you draw a card now here's a card that i'm on
2: board with we're on to the lands and, and yeah. it's cabal stronghold you can tap it to add colorless, or you can tap three and tap it to add black for each basic swamp you control so Bingo. it's um
1: cabal coffers number two, kind of. Yeah, it costs a little more. Um but it taps for colorless with cabal coffers it taps for no mana at yeah. all. So it's completely worthless until you have Urborg. This, this is like fine until you get Urborg, in which case it turns into, you know, an additional five, six, seven, ten mana. Yeah. Also ca- the art.
2: Yeah, also the art, sweet. And this card is just a, you're gonna play it in any model black deck. Any deck that's even two color with black, it's pretty good.
1: Yep. I don't it's know what else to say about it. It's a little tougher for two black, two two colors, but it's still... But you usually run the Urborg package anyway. Yeah. So you just Expedition Map and Urborg and something else to get it. I think it's still fine. It's still great. Yeah.
2: All right. Finally. she's Jeez, well, we're, we're to the done. end here. Okay. Woo, Let's talk about the best of. So we uh, added this little segment. We're going to talk about the best of the new Legends, the best overall new card, and the best Planeswalker.
1: Okay. Spice this up. Let's do it at the same time. We'll go three, two, one, and okay. then we'll say... Yep. Okay, so f- we're going to do best legend legendary creature, right? Yeah. But Be- It's like best new commander. Best new commander, yeah. Okay. Tell me when you're ready. I'm ready. Three, two, one. Moldrotha. Yes. Hands down. Who's second? Three, two, one. Joda. Joda. Okay. We're on the same page. All right. Overall card. This one's interesting. Mm-hmm. Let me look on your paper here. See if there's a... Okay. I know mm. what I'm going to say. I think so. I, I got mine. Okay, ready? Three, two, one. Cabal Eldrotha. stronghold. <laughs> <You> guys- <laughs> I didn't know you could do that. Would you have said then? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we still on the same page. Okay, cool. Uh, I was um, thinking non-legendary. Let Let's have you do non-legendary. Non-legendary. Okay. But let, I already let me, said let Cabal me take a look. So.
2: Uh, in that case, I'm gonna go with Jaya's Emulating Inferno. Oh just because i, think I would a... have
1: gone with karn's temporal sundering as my second.
2: oh you know what that probably is better because it doesn't require oh, you know they're both legendary sorceries so they yeah. require you to have a legendary out um
1: yeah okay okay and then the best planeswalker there's only three to choose from so this one where are they yeah i don't even okay know. here we go okay um tell me when you're ready yeah three two one Karn. dang it <laughs>
2: You keep cheating. Jaya Ballard, I think would have been my my top, just because okay. it's got card drawing ramp on it. Yeah, true, and it's mana ramp. Re- yeah, but Karn
1: Karn is also really really sweet. So, um, okay, all right, to the okay. listeners, jeez, what cards from Dominaria are you most excited about? Yeah, and for which decks? I would love to know uh, if you guys
2: have some cool stuff that we don't think we're gonna work. You know. Josh is scribbling out the end step so viciously and voraciously. You can probably hear it on the microphone. like, do
1: you see what I'm doing? We do not need to do the end step this time. It's too
2: long, the episode already. Uh, But one thing that we will do is say. I marked my play (laughs) (laughs) mat. You know you can put that in the washer. Or you can go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone to buy a brand new one just like that. Uh, you did mark it up I mean but we are not doing the end step this time that is for sure Uh, Card Kingdom again sponsor of the show all of these cards that we talked about will be available there in some form or another in foil or whatever get it pick it up now do it to it you're gonna want to because it's worth it
1: also, if you, show. if you like somehow ruined your favorite playmat and you need to buy a new one, you should buy an Ultra Pro playmat because they make the best playmats. And you can put the playmats into the washer too. Yep. You know, because if you mark them up and you ruin it somehow and you're sad about it, it's not ruined. It's just, and... I, you
2: know, now you're just smudging it. <laughs>
1: we got to get like a little alcohol
2: wipe or something. I, I bet we can get that out for you, Josh. I'm sad about it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Dang it. it, it is... It's all your fault, Step.
2: Yeah. Ugh. You know what, at the very least you could put you know, a card on top of that, like a Moldrotha or something.
1: I don't know. Yeah. Speaking of Moldrotha be sure to check out our sister podcast oh my the Masters gosh. of Modern <laughs> <laughs> Alex Kessler and Ben Bateman they talk about the modern format and all things competitive magic you can find them right next to us at collected.company or follow them on Twitter at the MMcast yeah you'll find out why a card like Mojrotha
2: will never be played in that format uh, and also this show is now edited by Craig Blanchett thank you Craig for taking over the podcast editing duties so Terry can move on to game nights You can find our episodes online at youtube.com slash thecommandzonepodcast and also a big thanks to the one and only Jeffrey Palmer for making the living card animations that are sometimes on our back windows during game nights and our podcast, as well as the opening and closing animations of the show on YouTube. You can find him at MTG
1: on Twitter. All right, everybody. Thanks for sitting through this incredibly long episode.
2: And we hope you have a wonderful day and we'll see you next time.
1: Peace.